Cohen, it's Revan. Welcome to Burke World, everybody. We're back. Yeah. Did you miss me? <laughs> Cheers. Let's get it. Cheers to the schnapps. Sip it. That's good. What's going on, man? Not much, bro. I haven't seen you in so long. I don't see you every day of life. It's been a millennia. <sighs> How dost thou descendants grow? What's new, man? What's exciting? Uh going on in your life oh, tell geez. the people oh geez oh geez you, you want to you want to hear something i, I do I, sure i'll give this to you i'll slap this with you uh you know uh you know eric weinstein's geometric unity i've heard of it many times yes <laughs> i co-authored it with him we're partners <laughs> that's, that's it's barely, mine too yeah 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 barely makes sense we're best friends uh I was I was watching through his Oxford lecture. Okay. And uh and I had a mini breakthrough around what he had attempted to convey. He had a in, breakthrough in understanding. In his yeah, in his it. conversation with Brett Weinstein over on the Dark Horse podcast. Okay. It uh he spends so this Dark Horse podcast was like two, three hours, something like that. Okay. Uh, I, I want to say like 20, 30% was about geometric unity. The rest mm -hmm. was about other nonsense. Mm -hmm. So I like <laughs> did a version of the video where yeah. I cut out all the extraneous bits and it's actual just... nonsense. What were they They're just making jokes? <laughs> yeah. Like they were just talking about all kinds of stuff. Like okay. the... working yep. on their stand up. <laughs> no. <laughs> 20 minutes on Dixie cups, 40 minutes on tigers for some reason. And then <laughs> another hour and a half about how much you would love to live in Costa Rica. Yeah. But it's a workshop, you know, get that down to a tight five minutes. It's <laughs> a lot, man. Tight uh, 10 minutes set. Ooh, Billy. Okay. All the other stuff they were talking about. Yeah. I cut out everything else that they like meandered the conversation around and, and cut it down to just GU stuff. And then. Who would do a podcast like that? <laughs> Who would dare just talk about whatever? <laughs> and I, uh, and so a lot of the GU stuff in that Dark Horse episode mm -hmm. was him attempting to walk through a metaphor to explain what geometric unity was. Mm -hmm. He's trying to explain it to Brett metaphorically. Okay. And he starts with the rim of a glass, right? Like a fucking circle. Mm -hmm. And he tries to explain how. Uh, if that is like proto space time, then in his theory, how you get real reality is you uh, you kind of extend the circle out into a paper towel tube. Okay. And on that tube, imagine there are these lines along the the tube, mm -hmm. and then you take a circle, like say a hairband or something. Okay. And you wrap that hairband around some part of the paper towel tube, and where the hairband intersects with those vertical lines along that vertical tube. Mm -hmm. So there's like a, right? Like there's an intersection, one's horizontal, one's vertical. Okay. Where those meet, they, you've created a point of a kind, right? And that dictates uh, kind of, well, it's like, it's hard to say without the, I was trying to like set this up and then reveal the insight I had. It's hard to do. So instead, I'll just cut to the chase. Please so do. For a long time, I was like, because I watched this thing like four or five times. And, uh, and I was like, I, I understand the metaphor, but I was just kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
<laughs> like mm-hmm. as far as like why are we going through this metaphor? Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me recently when I was going through the Oxford lecture that he was in the Oxford lecture he was explaining the same thing in completely mm-hmm. different terms and in completely different ways. Okay. And uh and so basically the if you have a four-dimensional manifold, which mm-hmm. is just something with length and angle, and then there's a uh, fiber bundle. Let's imagine that's like a 2D piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And then above that, so the 2D piece of paper, right, has like, let's say, X and Y, mm-hmm. right, like a graph. Well, then if you like leave the plane of the 2D paper and go into Z space, right, like mm-hmm. a third dimension, then there's a fiber bundle up there. And that's analogous to the paper towel tube. And the piece of paper is like the rim of the glass. He doesn't fucking say any of this, but like this is obvious to me now. Okay. The fiber bundle, it's like, why, why, why do, we, why do we care about any of this? In the dark horse thing with the rim of the glass and the paper towel tube, he doesn't explain why it would be important or why the hell he's describing it this way. Mm-hmm. In the Oxford lecture, it becomes apparent that it's very important because the piece of paper or the 4D manifold is like reality before you decide how to measure things, which seems kind of arbitrary, but it's really, really okay. important. Yeah. Uh, another metaphor he uses in Dark Horse is like your tongue has different taste buds, mm-hmm. like salt, sweet, etc. Yeah, I've heard him say this. Okay. So before you decide on how to measure salt and how to measure sweet and how to measure the difference between those scales, mm-hmm. that like that decision process, how to measure and what the difference is mm-hmm. between them, that's a metric. Sure. And what we really need to do is be able to figure out the geometry before metrics get involved. Like that is going to be the key, at least in his theory, to be able to have everything agree with quantum mechanics. So in the Oxford lecture, it was mm-hmm. like the 4D manifold, you have a fiber bundle above it, which is like the paper towel tube, the manifold's like the rim of the glass. And when you pick a point on the fiber bundle, what I continually was mishearing him basically was like mm-hmm. that, like imagine it's a piece of paper and there's these vertical lines above the piece of paper. You pick a point on one of those lines and then it's like, oh yeah, okay. Like shadow casts down a point onto the paper, you know, just kind of like something mm-hmm. with a flashlight and a shadow cast on the ground. Like a point here in space ends up being a point of something on the ground where the shadow is like, okay, I get it. It's a projection of a kind. And it's like, that's not what he's fucking saying. <laughs> <laughs> like my frame of reference for like expecting that to be what he said was overriding what he's actually saying, which was a selection of a point on those lines is an entire metric on the base space on the 4D manifold. So a point, and why? Because the fiber bundles or the vertical lines on the paper towel tube Mm -hmm. are a metaphor for the space of all possible metrics. So picking a point is picking one of those possible metrics. So by picking a point in this Z space vertical area, this possibility Mm -hmm. space, you decide the entirety of the metric on the base part, on the base space or on the rim of the glass. And that's why it's important you you pick metrics in that possibility space and that determines what you're going to use inches you know feet metric grains of sand for measuring length like (laughs) (laughs) how many krogers how many krogers how many (laughs) how many uh, standardized snail units like you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna decide that based on where you are in the vertical possibility space but the but the central part of his theory is that most of physics happens in that possibility space and that like the equations for 
understanding fields and like uh, gradients between different things. All of that occurs in the possibility space. Are we talking like quantum possibilities? Or are you just saying <laughs> the way our brains make sense of measuring things? It's, I don't know. It feels like both to me. Because I'm still unclear. It's not our. It's not just our perspective of something, but like the objective. There is infinite potential there. So when I'm talking about fiber bundles, I'm saying this represents the idea of possibility. It yes yes, yes okay no. like it's it's that, but it seems to have some sort of physical instantiation as well. It's like by okay. by doing stuff with the base space, doing stuff with that. 2D piece of paper or yeah. on the glass rim or mm -hmm. this 4D manifold, you can measure in ways the stuff that's tangent to it. To me, and I don't know if this is based in reality, if this is really part of his theory or not, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but like, it's almost like being able to, uh, like, like if you were able to measure the angle of the fender on your car mm -hmm. and all you could see in the world was your car, but if you could measure the, the angle of it you know, kind of like bulging out into space, that somehow that would give you information about the space around it without you ever having to know anything directly about the space around it. It's almost like you're able to detect other dimensions mm -hmm. by the shape and quality of the dimension you can experience. And it's like, by consequence, the other dimension must be XYZ. Because you can measure and this one, you can determine, it's like Sudoku. <laughs> I can tell what number goes here because I know the other numbers. If I, if I know sort this of. point and that point, I know that this has to be this. Like in an infer, yeah, it's kind of a, a like similar inference type inference pattern. Figuring it like, out, yeah, yeah. It's a, okay. It's, I'm trying to. I'm struggling. Sudoku might be the best metaphor. Like it's kind of like if you always know that if you have a straight line vertically, that there will always be a perpendicular. Well, then mm -hmm. all you have to do is measure this one, and you know what the other one is necessarily like it's just definitely true kind of thing and it's sort of so it's like there's the manifold's properties of just being a 4d manifold necessitate the fact that there's this 10-dimensional fiber bundle above it and i'm still not 100 percent clear why that's the case the fiber bundle yeah that's a metaphor that's the thing. I don't know if it's like literally <laughs> referencing because <laughs> like fibers of reality. What is it saying here? No. You know, like string theory. The string is vibrating. It's like it's not literally a string, no, though, right? No. Well, I think it is. And it's like theory, no, right? yeah, we're talking about an actual string. <laughs> like, all right, you lost oh, something. Yeah. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> In GU, I think it's. It, it, I don't know. It's still unclear to me, like. Because it, it seems to be both. And he kind of implies that in the Dark Horse Convo, where he's just like, we're not sure if when you get down to it, is is reality, do is physics a really, really great model of physics and or of reality? Or is it literally the fucking map is the territory? Like, it's a weird fucking, like, uh. we're literally describing the source code of the world as it is. It's like seeing the hex editor in the Mario game, like... It, it literally mm -hmm. references the actual underpinnings of the source code of the world or is it just a really good model like fucking doc brown with his diorama of hill valley like <laughs> whatever happens to that model doesn't actually happen to the courthouse it's just a model uh -huh. but like what if you created a model that literally tapped into the fabric of physics that so if you fucked up with the courthouse there it literally set the courthouse on fire in real life yeah like we might be reaching a level of reality in which that's the case Okay. But he also seems un unsure if that's the... Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't know yet. Yeah, you're theoretically guessing. Like if somebody discovered 
a computer and they're saying metaphorically it's all ones and zeros and that like equals on or off yes mm. or no and you're like what are you talking about Entry. inside this machine is a bunch of numbers and it's like is numbers a metaphor or is it literal mm. eh, kind of both it represents a concept but also literally code yeah. is ones and zeros so it's yeah like that yeah uh, Where it's got, it's got tastes of both. It's a metaphor, as, but it's also yeah. maybe not a metaphor. That's as far as I'm going to get. <laughs> I haven't watched these videos and stuff. So based on what you're saying, I, that's as close as I'm going to get to understanding. So I don't know if the 10-dimensional fiber bundle is literally a facet of reality or it's a mathematical metaphor for dealing with... It's just a way of like thinking about of, yeah visualizing in a way the possibility of all metrics right like mm -hmm. that could easily be a metaphor right you're like i'm gonna come up with some numbers and ways to fuck with numbers that represent all the possible ways in which i can get to work mm -hmm. and it's like yeah but that's like a metaphor it's not you're not literally doing shit with like the streets you could drive to work versus the ones you do yeah like this is just a model you know, dissecting the speed and efficiency, et cetera. And it's like, mm -hmm. there, it's like that, but it seems to be a taste of, no, it might literally be where physics lives beyond our perceptual experience of reality. And our metric is like, you've picked one metric to deal with that fiber bundle. And that's all of the information comes flooding in through that metric decision. But that doesn't mean that the rest of it doesn't yeah. exist. It means it's outside of your ability to directly interact with it but you could still if you have the right math you could literally <laughs> understand exactly what's happening in that other dimension quote yeah. quote without being there you can indirectly measure reality it'd be like if you had a perfect you ever heard you remember <laughs> neil stevenson's uh book cryptonomicon of course <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, more or less. You read that right? I yeah, like remember. ten years ago. So I feel like it's that one where he had some scene where there was a dude in. There were like two guys who were going to be doing some deal on a computer, and they were in a hotel. And so this character was in the hotel room next door, and he had like a mm -hmm. I forget what he called it, like a Vanek machine or something. It was able to what is it? It's like a suction cup to the wall. Let's imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would. It, based on nothing but the audio perceptual sounds coming off the computer, mm -hmm. it could replicate on another computer what must be going on in the internal process. That's nuts, dude. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like that. So, like, imagine you could infer through geom geometric, not assumptions, but, like, geometric mm -hmm. analysis what must be going on in the source code computer of the world. Isn't or, that... Or the physics of the 10-dimensional yeah. fiber bundle. Isn't that like, real shit? That spyware stuff where you can measure sound waves in vibrating glass. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can tell what people are like saying. You should assume the CIA, if they really wanted to, could like bug your room by pointing a camera at a window, at window. of your apartment from yeah. miles away. The way it vibrates will tell you what they're saying. <laughs> if it's precise enough, yeah. That's crazy. Like heat gradients and stuff can be That's translated to James audio Bond signals. shit right there. I love it. <laughs> Science. <laughs> so imagine it's like that. It's like you, you, the math could maybe tell you what's going on with the world okay. by by accurately mapping what is actually occurring. All right. So he's using geometry oh, primarily. Not only can we measure reality, but the measuring of reality is what makes it what it is. Because how we measure it determines the fiber. What? Bundle? No. 
Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think it's like didn't we didn't didn't we talk about this the Mario thing the hex editor Mario thing? Probably, yeah. It's like that. <laughs> oh, it's like that. Just real quick. Here's a bunch of nonsense words. You're gonna have to walk us through that one. Oh man. Real quick. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. There was a dude who I think is a Mario speedrunner on YouTube and stuff. He, so it was Mario World, and they figured out that. So step one was through the help of a hex editor, because this would have been real hard to like stumble upon. Mm-hmm. If you made Mario on a certain level, walk through certain actions, do certain things, bop this Koopa here, open this box here, but don't get the item, run this fast in this direction, then turn around and walk over there and then crouch for no reason. Mm-hmm. If you do all these things, you're loading into temporary memory of the game certain things. Mm-hmm. And then if, when you do the last action, so all of these actions have happened in the game as legitimate moves. When you mm-hmm. do the last action, you have uploaded into the temporary memory of the game something that causes the game to skip to the end credits. Yeah. So it's fucking magic. It's like literal Mario magic. Like in the world, you are able to perform a ritual of a kind that caused a certain super normal action to occur. There's Mm -hmm. nothing in the game that wanted you or intended to you or was was normally set up for you to skip to the end credits and like beat the game, quote, quote. But it works. Did he teleport? Or was it time travel? <laughs> what was Mario's experience? <laughs> what was Ignore his that subjective question. awareness. <laughs> what was his interior experience? What did he think was going The self on? isn't real, man. He didn't have one. Mm. Um, <laughs> so then step two, and this is the same guy. This is the same dude on YouTube who I wish I knew remember his name right now. Um, they found a way in a similar way. Mm-hmm. You could do actions that would basically access a hex editor for the game of Mario World doing the same kind of shit, just doing random actions and and behaviors inside the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like the game was set up not intentionally. Nobody at, in Nintendo Japan like programmed it to have this ability, but but you were able to access a part of the software that is literally in charge of the co-current representation of everything in the software. So it's like you've opened the debug mode for the world you're in, and this hex editor, this debug mode, is displayed inside the world of Mario World. Mm-hmm. So like half the top, the top half of the screen ends up being all of these like uh, letters and numbers in like 14, 15 columns or something. And if you fuck with those numbers and columns, they change things in the world of Mario. So you could change Mario into all of a sudden he has a cape, or like oh, all of a sudden he has like a. One of those centipede, like a lot, you know, like like in bars, Bowser's levels, when like the the things that sweep, like circling around and they're made of fire, like mm-hmm, yeah, he's holding balls, one yeah, yeah. and he can like fuck with people with it, or or like all of a sudden he's small, or all of a sudden he looks like he's been hurt, but he's not hurt, like he it's just the pixel, the sprite animation of him being wounded, but he's mm-hmm. walking around, <laughs> like it's all stuff that in the world of Mario wouldn't make sense. It would never be triggered through normal causality, but you have access to it inside the world of Mario. And so it's kind of like the math for GU, if if all of this is true and if all of it works eventually, then it would be like that. It would be like, your math is just a metaphor though, right? It's just symbols on a page. And it was like, yeah, but at the, also at the same time, it's not. Like, just like the hex editor is a display of numbers and letters on, on the top half of the screen. It was like, yes, but by changing those letters and numbers, you literally alter the structure of the world if you're Mario. It's kind of like that. Yeah, if you Mario, but it sounds like Brett's trying to, or not Brett, Eric, is yeah, trying Brett. to find 
that for reality? He's trying I to be mean, a superhero? He, slash well, villain? <laughs> he's trying to be a god? <laughs> he's trying to solve physics. If he's I had trying to, to find it. the source code of reality? Yeah, he's put it that way. He can just turn <laughs> that house into your little brother? You're like, what? Well, <laughs> I think by sketching out the theory, you'll, you'll discover whether or not that's ever going to be possible. And the answer is maybe it is. I mean, yeah, but if you if you were describing reality like it was the source code of a of a website, and right. you're like, yeah, you just go in here and sure. you change this, and then now it displays differently. Sure, yeah. If so we'll like get X, under the hood, like just CSS, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll change this, and then yeah, now yeah. my my left hand is a chainsaw now instead of a hand. So imagine you're a sentient being who lives on a web page who has access to the CSS editor of the web page. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. Just like Mario, if Mario could... Now, there's a slight difference because in this hex editor thing, Mario can't... Like, the way you fuck with the hex editor is you use the controls, which you also mm -hmm. use to move Mario. Yeah. But, but like, Mario, the character, doesn't punch those numbers in order to change them. Like, you mm -hmm. do change them through the D-pad of the controller, but so I'm Mario part of the equation. There's them. me, there's Mario. Yeah, there's so this metaphor kind of breaks down in that you are this sort of outside of reality agent yeah. who's fucking with shit through the controller. Now the controller usually though, usually only manipulates Mario's actions and now you're able to manipulate a different action. Oh man. But, okay, so, so it'd be a little more like if Mario was able to in mm. the level bop numbers and letters and change his reality or, that way, which also might self-extinguish, right? Oh, he might kill himself on it. <laughs> I'm Mario. Reality yeah. is the game. Yes. And Eric Weinstein is the player. <laughs> he is going to take over the world. Well, he has an avatar in the game. Then, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't look over there. He's the godlike third party. He's he's transcended. Uh... <laughs> so I think it's closer to what if Mario sat down and discovered how to produce the hex editor and then discovered mm -hmm. how to fuck with the hex editor. It's a little closer to that. That sounds terrifying. You go into your oh, room it's... and like Mario is hacked his own game. Yeah. And yeah. he's doing stuff? That would be terrifying. Holy shit. What if that's exactly what we're doing, bro? What if we're in a fucking game and we're about to figure out how to write our own hex editor access and fuck with it? All right. Well, I'm about to scare somebody who's whoever watching. <laughs> Whoever the player is, you can get real spooked right now. That'd be trippy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fucked up, man. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like anything you said. Take that back. <laughs> We need a way out. Everything's getting weird. Let's nah, man. I like it Paradigm where we are. Paradigm shift everything. Nah, I, I like this place. Don't break it. Well, I don't think anybody wants to break it. Nobody does it on purpose. Nobody ever tries. Well, for sure. You know. But it would be dangerous, right? <laughs> if Mario's just going to blindly bop numbers and letters, like he might bop the one that, you know, fries the circuit board he lives on and not even know it. Totally and he never possible. will because he died. Yeah. yeah. E equals MC squared, man. Okay. You got to, yeah. If, We're going to set, set the, the universe on, on fire. fire. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> the nuke set the fucking world on fire. Like, Mario's setting the world on fire. <laughs> yeah. It might, yeah. That might. Self-termination is possible. <laughs> <laughs> what? Mario's just killing himself. <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> he would have been smart to study his numbers a little harder before he started poking things recklessly. But How um, many lives did he have? How many lives did that SNES have? Ooh. Waka waka. That's an insightful question. Because <laughs> really, <laughs> there's some sort of outside shell reality. They could just boop, boop. They could just do that there. Yeah. What if reality has a lifespan? I mean, it might. Yeah. Depending on the definition of reality. Like if, if reality is the, the NES or the computer. Oh, or the, okay. You know. 
like where, where sure. Mario in reality is a computer and computers only last for so long right? until they just break down and don't operate. They have a lifespan. Depending on what they're made out of. Yeah, depending on what they're made out of. Well, I mean, if we're yeah. talking about like some superordinate, like, you know, some fucking beyond reality computer we live on, then it doesn't have to be made out of plastic and transistors, right? It could be made out of fucking... Well, I'm less Thoughts excited. and love. I don't know. Sauce and love? <laughs> Thoughts. Thoughts. Like sauce? Like tomato sauce? <laughs> it's all sauce and love, baby. Could be made out of fucking ranch. Ranch dressing. Uh, buttermilk sauce. <laughs> what other kind of sauces are there? <laughs> well, all right. What was the insight exactly? Oh, that I just, I fundamentally didn't understand why he kept talking about glass rims and paper towel tubes. Like, what what Got was it. the Got end it. goal here? Because, like, I think, just like Brett, he was kind of like, okay. Like, like you get to a place, <laughs> you get to a place where you think you understand what the purpose, well, like, okay. what he's saying, but you're not. But by the end of the conversation, again, mostly because it wasn't just about GU, so that's part of why it wandered away from it. Yeah. But you're like, where, I feel like I missed the part where whatever the fuck your goal was like what were you after with this metaphor because that didn't become clear until i was in the oxford lecture and i was like oh like the metric's important and being able to create some structure that's independent of a metric Uh was incredibly important to the whole idea of what geometric unity is and so the idea that like the whole it's almost like he never told the punchline of his joke basically in the dark horse (laughs) combo and in oxford i like heard the punchline but it was in French and I was like oh my god <laughs> it's because then you can pick whatever metric you need or want and that's mm-hmm. all you have to do yeah and it's just boom hmm so it's cool it is cool what's that noise is that me getting emails on my laptop there I don't I, I there's nothing pops up so I don't know close that shit down <laughs> <laughs> close what close the thing I don't know is operating yeah close the mail app man just uh, you know <laughs> close it down it's distracting me alright <laughs> cool man assuming that was it cool geometric unity everybody look it up Da-da-da-da. put your peepers on it yeah, it's fucking awesome. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going <laughs> to listen to you tell me about it. <laughs> Check out my YouTube. You can see some videos about it. Is that real? Do you have a YouTube about it? I have. Uh, I shot a video. About oh, yeah, it. yeah, I just yeah. told you, yeah. Yeah, you shot that video. <laughs> I shot another one where I went through <laughs> the Dark Horse convo trying to understand it. So if you want to watch three hours of a guy trying to figure it out, feel free. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Hard pass. There's, there's a dude from Europe who fucking watched it, man, and he like commented. <laughs> you watched it, and he I was like, it. "Awesome, <laughs> thanks, bro." And I did a uh, what was it? Right, I did another one where I I just I chopped up the dark horse convo into a tighter 24-ish minutes, yeah. and like I put pieces that weren't in the conversation together, and just just tried to make it like as if he had intentionally written his thoughts rather than like scattershotting them in a convo. Mm-hmm. And then that same dude from Europe jumped in and he was just like, hey, right on. <laughs> hey, I like that. Good job, buddy. And then he was like, his comments seemed to be along the lines of like, I kind of wanted to hear you talk about stuff more uh, rather than edit it together. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Oh, cool. Mm, thanks, so I bro. shot a video about this this part, but I haven't put it up yet. Uh, make that thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make that thumbnail, everybody. Stay tuned. Hold on. <laughs> Hold tight.
it's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that hurts my brain, man. That's uh, you're welcome. Let's shift gears. What are you What are you watching right now? <laughs> you know what I'm watching, sir. Uh, what What are you watching? Well, that's hold on. I did finish Cobra Kai. Delightful. So did I. Boop, boop. And I want them to. Uh, if you're not already, which I would be disturbed if you're not already, uh, put these kids in karate class and <laughs> between seasons. Uh-huh. And just I want I want even more fights next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I want epic flipping. I want, you know, like open with a fight like the season ender for season three here. Like just open. I want baller fights okay. all over the place. Please. Like keep they've that gotten up. way too good. It's amazing. Just crazy gymnast. <laughs> doing backflips off of cars and stuff yeah, hell and yeah like dude. street fights roundhouse kicks off a staircase like let's yeah. go like big jackie chan <laughs> stunts wire work all of a sudden you're like wait how are you superhuman nah just you know hawk jumps from like you know the roof into a window i'm gonna <laughs> run across the roof and jump and crash through yeah. and tuck and roll it's awesome just big stunts it's going skydiving it's absolutely fantastic what are we doing it's a hang glider i'm gonna get across town in three minutes <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna smash through his windshield. <laughs> the balls of my feet. I mean, if, uh, I don't think they're there yet. <laughs> but I, I could get there. You know, just escalate. Like they had like a five, seat, six season yeah. plan or something, right? Yeah, but you know, Fast and Furious style, just escalate. So by season six, <laughs> they are doing huge stunts. It really is Jackie Chan level, like yeah, climbing up the side of a building. And <laughs> like, what are we doing? Cool. <laughs> I'm all in, dude. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Sure, turn it up. Let's go. Keep it rolling. It's dope. Cobra Kai is awesome. Cobra Kai I've been watching good. Seduced. I finally got it. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm on episode three out of four. Cool. Let me know when you're done. It's not that good, man. <laughs> it's a bummer. Give me a letter grade. It's uh, C minus. Oof. Like, the vow is so much better. Like, and I'm trying to balance whether or not it's like my already existence, like existent exposure to it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you just don't like it that much because like it's repeated. It's the same shit, but not as good. Yeah. Like you just know all the things. So it's not that relevatory or something. It's like, no, it's, it's better done in the vow. And like, they were not fucking perfect, but Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, man. I was looking for more insight, right? Into the, did, Mm -hmm. uh. Uh oh my god, what's his name? The leader guy. Uh, uh Vanguard. I don't know. His real Daniel name. LaRusso. It's not Daniel <laughs> LaRusso. <laughs> nah, uh, Johnny. Um Fuck, I'm not gonna get it. This is ridiculous. Um You just watched two documentaries about the guy. I know, but I took a break between <laughs> they call him Vanguard. <laughs> Alright, whatever. The main the guy. The guy. Holy shit. That dude. Yeah, the Nixium um, guy. Uh, the whole idea of, like, was he a corrupt scumbag from the jump and all of his actions were in the direction of his scumbaggery? Mm-hmm. Or did he initially intend to make money off of the whole, like, building an organization that helps people thing? And then as he got more powerful, popular, and successful at that, then he became corrupted. Mm-hmm. And it got dark. And it's I was, I was really hoping the seduce thing would make that clearer, but... It's not actually. Didn't and do it. This one more than the first one, than more than the vow. It uh, it it has more. Um, 
they talk to like these cult expert people or like this person over here who's like a lawyer and this one's like a news person who covered the story mm-hmm. and like they just keep cutting to them to be like oh yeah like obvi- you know this was totally true and then they cut away and do other stuff and you're like wait no what that's not necessarily the case like what the fuck because mm-hmm. like they're spending the whole time vilifying the guy and he did fucked up shit so obviously that's appropriate but it's also easy like it's it's also not examining they're presenting stuff as if it's the case and instead it's just like that's that's an implication like you just mm. you don't know that mm. i would i would be thrilled if you could tell me that that is a yes <laughs> or a no but you're assuming mm. it's a yes and like there you didn't tell me any evidence you just yeah. said it was the case that sucks it's like you just, like obviously he was doing this and i was like but it could go either way like it it doesn't tell me where the line of his scumbaggery begun or never <laughs> stopped like <laughs> and they're like dude i don't know but it's, i'm just <sighs> editing together just the hubris i guess of like obviously it's this it's like you don't fucking know that uh, well yeah, that's your fucking opinion man like <laughs> <laughs> it's just like your opinion man uh. It's just like, oh, like like I think I told you before, right? Like he, India was one of the people who was there for like almost 10 years. And she was living in Albany where like they had this sort of home base. Uh-huh. The vow was about a chick and a dude who were mostly, right? The chick was in Canada. Yeah. That's pretty far from Albany. So. Chicks and dudes in Canada, man. <laughs> I think it's actually weird that the seduced one doesn't reference more the fact that Sarah and Mark over over in Showtime land or whatever had their own like nine part documentary. Yeah. Like they, they mentioned them in passing and you're like, you knew they were making it. They're talking to your mom. They were trying to get you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Mark has all the footage. Cause he was like the filming guy. Yeah. Put that in the doc. So man. how is that? Talk not... about the other doc. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just reference the fact that like, they're acting like they're in a vacuum and they're super not like, yeah. Uh, what the fuck am I talking about? I don't the know, man. Fucking, uh, she was in there for a long time, and then it was like, oh, they were in this weird like master slave thing going on, and then like, and then it was like, oh, they they had to like ask permission to eat food, so that like they were restricting their calories to be a certain target weight, and it was like, well, obviously that was a mind control tactic. Like he's trying to make them like weak and exhausted all the time, just like sleep deprivation will make people mm-hmm. more pliable. Like they were doing that, they were having everybody be busy all the time so that they're not sleeping enough so that they're pliable and same classic thing with the food restriction. stuff yeah classic you know just, that's exactly what they were doing the food stuff and it was like actually it's not clear to me because it also sounds like uh maybe just a psychopath wanting to uh, you know manipulate these chicks to be a certain weight because he wanted to bang chicks of a certain weight and he's just an idiot and thought that calorie restrictions how you achieve that weight loss mm-hmm. and it was like it's not necessarily the mind, like it's not necessarily a mind control thing. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like it's just evidence that he's a fucking dumb dumb. <laughs> mm. They're both not good goals, but like, I don't so you're heckling. Am I the only guy who cares about his nutritional <laughs> science? Am I the only guy who cares about the deeds? <laughs> <laughs> they made a whole fucking documentary. They're like not detailed enough. <laughs> Dig in. Because you're acting like you know that he did the weight control thing in order to fuck with people's heads. You'd have like, to ask him. Or you would he was need... trying to sleep with them and he wanted them to look a yeah. certain way. That seems equally obvious. Like, sure, is or it possible? Uh, surface level or is it one step deeper? Is it two steps deeper? Like, well, like... look at all these other moves. Obviously, it's a mind fuck thing. And it's like, ah, not necessarily. Plenty of people think that's the only way to lose weight. Like, 
or it's mind control stuff or it's or just both. spiritual awakening stuff like you know fasting, fasting is a big part of reaching and stuff. enlightenment and clarity and it has self control the, it has the semantic cover of like being a, like it's all three it's a superposition of all three and more and that's why it's like you know insidious and that's fine but like i i just really want to know what that's actual thought process because <laughs> like, it gives you a better insight into how dumb he is or not like is he a machiavellian genius or is he you know ah. kind of an idiot like <laughs> haven't even seen it you're like genius i don't know well i mean part of his reputation preying on vulnerable people of the story is, you know, gotta is, be a fucking genius hey look at how smart i am that guy yeah so i don't know well, you know, because they portray it that way too. They're like, "Oh, look at all these, you know, that he's so smart, controlly." Yeah, and he's like, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for his IQ, and he's this, and he's that, and he's this, and obviously this was a you know highfalutin tactic to control people. And I was like, ah, maybe not though. <laughs> it could have been. It might have been. What's the alternative for this cult leader if he wasn't trying to control people? Well, he. Well, like, I guess the, the, the part that confuses me is that like he'd basically like. It's not that he was averse to mind control stuff. Like, he obviously was into that. But I thought, he, I thought the only question was, did he start out bad the whole time? Or did he start out with good intentions and somewhere in the middle, it just went off the rails? Well, that's my question, yeah. that That's the question that we're talking about right now. Like, oh, well, but the question the I was saying right now is more... Because he ended scumbag. Is more that he already had so many control structures in place at this point in the yeah. story. Why would he need to involve this one when it's going to ruin, like it's right. making them weird zombies with poor health and their hair falling out? Like that doesn't seem to meet anyone's objective. So it sounds no. to me more like somebody who doesn't understand health and nutrition trying to meet this objective super goal, this uh, superficial goal and and yeah. failing because he's a dumbass. Like so or which he gave one it to somebody it? else. Yeah. He made Alison Mack decide how to achieve it. And she's like, well, I don't know. Everybody says you just got to like stop eating as much okay. and that's how you lose weight. That's how you, you like, lose everything. Yeah. But so, so like, you know, like chicks not having their periods and their hair's falling out, that doesn't seem like it benefits anyone in that situation. So it seems more like a mistake rather than an intentional control. Uh, Unless that's strategy. what he's after. But, but what, why? What's that? To why? break them down. I don't know. When you you don't feel as strong, like you take their health away. It sounds more like POW camps of like, we're trying to break your spirit. So first, we're just going to make you physically weak yeah. to then attack your mind. I'm going to make you mentally weak. And then I'm going to get in and I'm going to do <laughs> step already, three or four. It's already there, though. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen the doc, man. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, did he start out as a scumbag? Did he become well, that, a scumbag? Was it an accident? Was it on purpose? So he may or may just not Just ask him. It's a doc. A Nobody asked him? Nobody no, said. nobody has him on camera, like, after he's he been revealed to be a scumbag. He any interviews? All right. So, well, season two of The Vow, maybe. There's, they they imply that they're definitely going to talk to him in jail. But I hope so, because that would be amazing. Oh, damn. Then we're just guessing. But in the meantime, it's just footage of him before he got, like, outed, and the people around him before, during, and after he got outed. So... So, yeah, it's frustrating, because you're like, let me talk to some of the key players here. I want to get a read on them. He also might have been a scumbag the whole time. It's heavily uh, more than implied, but he might he may or may not be a pederast, in which case things get clearer that, yeah, maybe this was never before? Well intended. <laughs> yeah. Before all this stuff? Yeah, like before the Nexium stuff, he had this other business, and during then he may or may not have, like, had an inappropriate situation with, like, a 13-year-old or something. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Girl, 13 <laughs> How did you guys not mention that? Yeah. How, How old was not... he? 
20 something oh jesus i think so i i could be making that up but he what he wasn't fucking he wasn't 15 got it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was not like a year or two older he sounds like a great fucking guy not <laughs> 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 yeah, so much oh, good thing you're watching two documentaries on him <laughs> And he doesn't I mean, even say anything in the docs. Well, I he's mean, not even all on. Kinds of video just of it ask him. Now. Was it an accident? It's just before. <laughs> it's just when he thought he was being recorded as a fucking guru. So not much of it's about like. Well, he, he failed at that too. He wasn't even a good guru. I mean, I did anybody benefit from what you did? Well, no. that's the thing, dude. The vow. Not yes, really. people initially benefited greatly. That's that's what makes it so compelling is that like he the, so just do the first half the technology of what he was saying. worked everything to his system just do the first half yeah don't do the second half because that's when people start dying and weird <laughs> shit happens that's why well not many people died nobody so died had like a schizophrenic break but she seems fine now she's in the seduced documentary like and they were real assholes to a few people and that's minimizing it I guess like they were crazy nobody died people nobody but, died. As far as I know, nobody died. No, they had a chick who was locked in her room for two fucking years. And by and I put air quotes <laughs> around that because fuck? she was never locked in anything. She was just told, told to, to stay, stay in this there. room and not talk to anybody. And then she like just did that for two years. But she's out now and she's in the dock? People would mm, no, I don't Can we think, talk to well, her. Well, unless she's in episode four, but no so far I don't think anybody's talked okay. to her. What? I don't think why'd you I stay in the room for two years? Shit. I don't know. Like and I'm sure the answer is like, well, I got mind fucked into thinking it was the best idea because like the group is telling me I have to but the door was unlocked. Weird system and, if you didn't want to stay, why'd you stay? I don't know. It's just weird. ask her those like, questions and see like, what her she says. Family was in this thing too, and it was like, wait, where the fuck were they? Because you're like, oh, she has nothing. Like if she's from Mexico or something, and she's up in Albany, and she knows no one outside the community, and she'll be exiled. Like it's like, wait, but you said her family was here. Like none of them, nobody in that family <laughs> is gonna like help her leave if she feels like she needs to leave. What? My sister's doing what? It's weird. She's staying in a room for like an unlocked room for perceivably <laughs> no reason. Yeah, I'm gonna go through that unlocked door. Like the door's closed but not locked. So like yeah. you could leave, but you didn't because of the fear of, you know, social consequences or something. But like nobody, as far what? as I can tell, threatened violence or anything. It was just like socially sanctioned that you just, you need to serve your penance and this is it. Like, so it's weird as fuck, but you're also like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's the tagline for the doc. <laughs> and this chick had this sort of like derealization experience during some of the mind techie stuff in the beginning. So what? It's a derealization. Derealization, like you know, feeling like reality's not real, and like I don't know what's real, and you're just kind of unmoored from your sense of self and world. Like, okay. And because some of the some of the sort of like self helpy stuff, they, neither documentary gets into it very deep. But I assume they talk about these EMs, which are really just like trying to investigate the belief structures you have around things that you are reacting negatively to and then like refigure them so okay. that you're not bothered. Yeah. And that's like kind of a normal psychology thing. It's sure. they don't get into how exactly they're doing it, but like it seems plausible that it's easily done. Yeah. And somewhere in that process, she was like, Oh my God, I feel like if I follow this process, I'm gonna lose myself and my family and my world and my and my my life. Yeah, you know, it sounds like stuff people say okay. when they go follow some guru in an ashram in India or something, you know, like but they're not ready for it. Like I feel like I might give up my life and do this. I was like, they're, you they're, fucking might. Their practical <laughs> like, life? Like I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to isolate myself from my family? Not like an ego death kind of thing, but like a... 
I think it's like both. I, I think the ego death is perceived to be the death of their practical world as well. Like, okay. Yeah, like, I'm saying like the, she the melting leave her of reality and leave her kids okay. and leave her life and yeah. just do this. Okay. And it's like, well, you, I don't, you fucking might. Like, <laughs> you that's, might, bro. That's literally part of it. <laughs> Maybe. Why I don't know, because I haven't it, gone through, like, what exactly happens in these intro classes. But if but, you're worried about the possibility of that, like, why are you even here? Isn't that the goal? Well, and then she walked away. Like, she left for it, but then, like, she clearly, <sighs> she went back to her hotel room or something and then started having, like, real weird energetic, it, you know, it sounded like Kundalini-esque stuff where you're like, wow, I don't know, you should talk to somebody about this because... Uh... <laughs> You don't know what the fuck is going on. And then a friend or she or somebody was like, well, you need to bring her back. And then she's like, fuck no, man, because <laughs> danger over there. This is quite the little drama going on. And here. she ends up she ends up having some sort of like doctors end up calling it a schizophrenic break or something like that. And then and again, this chick is in the duck in seduced and she's fine. Like, Or she she appears to be fine. She's, she's talking fine now. to India. She's talking to her main lead. Was like, she drugged at all? Is there any question on whether I, or not somebody was just spiking the water? There's no reason to think so. No. No, but we're I mean, trying to control minds possible, here, right? We're trying to rewire people's I think brains. It was all and influence tech. It wasn't necessarily it's all like, suggestion. Yeah, there's no just pharmacological. I think so. I don't. Yeah, I don't I see don't any know. reason to suspect foul play from a physical <laughs> pharmacological. No, no reason to suspect foul play in this weird cult <laughs> thing going on. Well, not in the physical realm. Not in the matter uh, the pharmacology of it. Like maybe I'm guess, gonna say everything's up for grabs. It's in the air. As they're pumping <laughs> gas into the air. <laughs> Gassing. They're spiking the water with LSD. <laughs> it's possible. They're microdosing everybody all the time. But like, it seemed more of a conversation. Sounds faster. You know, psychological thing. And, and that is a tough spot to be in, though. Like, she was having a <laughs> bad reaction. <laughs> and then they're like, spot. we'll bring her back and we'll fix her. We'll help her. And, it's, and then it's like, well, you're the, like the last people in the world she wants to talk to because you're the people that she feels have done this great, terrible thing to her. Yeah. Which is funny because they probably could have put her back to normal. Because <laughs> that's the thing. It seems like Maybe. there's all this healthy, useful technology in like the first levels of this nonsense. And then it's only when you – it's only if you're an attractive woman does like shit get weird later. <laughs> that's not true. Mark gets into weird shit later and he's a dude. Who's so like, Mark, man? It's only the inner, only the inner <laughs> circle that really starts getting weird, it seems. Like the Canada thing with Sarah seemed like more or less benignly helpful. Like – so like I'm saying, just do the first half. <laughs> yeah. And then leave the rest of it out. Don't I want to find some of these documents, man. I want to see I want to see what's in these training manuals and stuff. Oh but I haven't God. looked. I don't know if it's anywhere. You gotta move on, man. You, you gotta, gotta leave this behind. Anymore, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. <sighs> anyway. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> but you know, move on. It's just weird. <laughs> I only got one episode left, and then I'm it's over done. until season two. Oh, my God. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah, fair enough. Yep, yep, yep. Chase your interests, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's just just keep saying, like, what the fuck was going on here? <laughs> just keep squinting at it. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. Was this a mistake or was this part of the plan? Yeah. Were you always a corrupt piece of shit or was it just later that you became a corrupt piece of shit? Just getting real Howard Hughesy with it. <laughs> yeah, Sitting maybe, alone right? with a little TV, rewatching it. <laughs> Checking the background of the shots. What was that? What was that going on back there? <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, chief, we're all done here. Mm.
<laughs> cool, man. Cool. You know what I uh, saw recently? What'd you see? <laughs> it's on Reddit. It's just a thread talking, mm-hmm. people talking about what fan theory do you 100% believe? Okay. And uh, it was a new thread, so there wasn't much in there. But mm-hmm. I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, it was uh, people chiming in to be like, oh, the Matrix. It was, uh, you know, the real world is just part of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's able to stop the Sentinels and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, God damn. That's back, huh? Yeah, just like the Matrix within a Matrix theory. It's like, it doesn't strike you that that's lame and boring? <laughs> it doesn't strike Apparently you that that's not. a dumb answer? <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that doesn't really serve the purpose of the kind of story they were up to? Mm-hmm. Apparently not. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the person who wrote it was uh, 17 and just saw it. Uh, maybe. And they're living in 20 years ago. And you're like, dude, everybody said that. Oh, you don't know that. You're 17. Never mind. All right. Have fun. Have, have fun, buddy. Have fun, kid. Go down that rabbit hole. Enjoy that. Just all the stuff. Like, oh, they've got all kinds of plugs. Like, there's got to be Wi-Fi or radio in there somewhere. Like, it has got to be a radio, right? <laughs> like, that's not what it was, but all right. It's like, man, we're not doing that. That's fucking... That's that not be so boring. That'd be so lame. That's... Yeah. That would be such a deflating lame ass answer it's a mediocre twist yeah it's like a whole thread of people being like yeah be pop loop here's the evidence to support it like nah like how did they restart zion if there were five ones before like whatever i was like what you just (laughs) everybody thinks It's just like the first movie. He's like, you think it's 1999. It's really more like 2199. It's been, you know, surprise, bro. You've been in a simulation that's been around for about 100 years since the war between man and machine. Yeah. You tell them the same story. You just say like, and here's one of the last army bases we had. It's in the ground. At least it's warm, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> what are these bullet holes? They feel fresh. Well, I <laughs> promise you they're not. Okay. Just start having babies. All right. Jeez. Okay. Or. <laughs> just do the. Or and you tell them the same story. There was a one born inside. He could change stuff, and then when he died, the oracle said he'd be back one day. Yeah, but it's also the it's the architect talking. So it's like anything that they said is like, well, we know this because the architect said so. And you're like, oh, the guy who's trying to manipulate you and your entire existence. <laughs> you didn't consider that maybe he's lying to you. You can't trust with anything. certainty anything that he has said to you. Yeah, and Neo knows that. Other than, other than the maybe unfounded assumption that he's a computer program and thus is logical. But at this point of complexity, there's no reason to say, like, that's too simple. That's yeah. too simplistic. And again, because he said he is. <laughs> I'm, a compu- I'm a computer program. I do this. And like, okay. And if you're lying? Yeah, but Neo can see programs. All right? of this is nonsense? Just say, like, what? Like... Or at least notice that they're different from humans. Sure. That's all he really knows, actually. But like, you know what I mean? Oh, we know this to be certain as groundwork. Like, or they lied. He's full of shit. Yeah. He's saying that to manipulate you. There is no five ones before you. It's just you. You're the first one. Or you're the third. If Matrix Four is like you're the the fourth one. (laughs) Just went back in time. (laughs) I'm gonna tell an apocalyptic like fucking Eschaton story, like with just the fourth one before they decided to save humanity. Like, Like, what? Like, I'm going to reboot it. I'm sorry. Sand. There's a, like, these are all the things we know to be true. Or we don't. 
Because the guy that was trying to get you through this door told you a story. He told you exactly what he wanted to hear. While talking about a system of control. <laughs> it's what, exactly like, okay. what he wanted to hear, actually. He wanted you to hear. He wanted to influence you. That was That's really his only purpose for being there. So you can't trust a damn thing he says. Yeah. Keith Ranieri, that's his name. <laughs> that is, yeah. That's the guy's name. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. The Nixium guy. I had to like Everybody. stop trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stop trying to remember his name. Yeah. Not the architect. The Nixium guy. Yeah. An architect of his own. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my God. Matrix 4. I will be excited if it goes back in time, but I, there's no reason to think it will. I have no idea what they're going to do. <laughs> and that excites me. Steve Scross. I just heard him on a podcast. He's the, he's yeah. the comic book artist who worked on the... Uh, uh, a lot of the storyboards for Matrix 1, 2, and 3. Okay. And Jupiter Ascending and uh, Cloud Atlas. Okay. Bunch um, of Wachowski movies. Yeah. yeah. He's basically worked with them since Matrix 1. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying uh, that he came back to do Matrix 4. That they like tapped him to, hey, come back. <laughs> Why not? Let's do this next one, bro. And now he's it's back go to time. comics. Because he's done with that part. Because the movie, I, I don't know. They don't need more boards now. Are I they, they, are they like, halfway through shooting or something? Yeah, I thought they were halfway through. <laughs> Boards are done. I need you, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I want effects work. I want stunts. I want wall-to-wall fights. <laughs> I want wall-to-wall action and a lot of it being fights. Every idea you had but didn't use. But just delightfully mixed with the, the rest of it, all the high-concept sci-fi philosophy stuff. Let's do it. No more oil and vinegar. No more oil and water. Just mix it up again. Mm. It's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming out in December, though, so I'm not going to think about that very much (laughs) until it's time. Because it's February. Yeah. That's too far away. What? So it's just, it's not out yet. It's coming. It's coming down the pike there. (laughs) Yeah, no. You're still not watching WandaVision, yeah? Not yet. This guy. Uh, I mean, I've, I've successfully avoided spoilers or anything, oh, so I don't know anything. Yeah, and keep I'm, it up. That's going to be a little harder the more this goes on, bro. Probably. But off the internet entirely. Yeah, all right. Sure. That sounds like a gift. <laughs> a reason to stay out of there. I don't want it. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll watch it right when it's done. It'll, it'll be pretty quick. They're like half an hour. I know. That's why I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to watch that in a day or two. Yeah. Especially with how nuanced I imagine it is and the Easter eggs and the, it's like a big puzzle box, right? Why would I want to watch that week to week? (laughs) Come on. Because that is part of the experience. What? It's like watching a David Lynch movie like 10 minutes at a time. (laughs) No, I'm going to watch the whole thing in one sitting because damn, what? Uh, Do you want me to appreciate this or not? No, I'll get to it right. right when it's ready. When it's ready. <laughs> when it's cooked. Oh, no. My yeah. goose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't watch Cobra Kai like that. There wasn't any spoilers. So I watched Mandalorian like that. Mm-hmm. I avoided spoilers, which, you know, there were a bunch. Yeah, actually. That was, wow. Yeah, I had to manage that. All right. 
Bing, bang, boom. You, you can't see my face, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It worked out. Mm. Yeah, Ask me a question, man. Uh, what do you want to know? What do I want to know? Interview me, man. Uh, tables have turned. Uh, how <laughs> would you... Yeah. Fix. I don't like this. <laughs> How do we achieve anti-gravity? <laughs> How do we achieve anti-gravity? Yeah. Geometric unity. Let me, let me rephrase. It's possible. Okay. Do you think the American military is in the possession <laughs> of anti-gravity vehicles? <laughs> uh, No. No? No. I, I think there's too many military guys who are writing books. And doing yeah. podcasts and stuff. Sure. That like if that tech existed, I feel like it would leak out. There's too uh, many cameras so on the world. There is the possibility. That's an, that's assuming that we don't have the ability to wipe people's minds men in black style. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we're so just if getting we into have that. Okay. Do you have a? Is yeah. your answer the same? Yeah. Is my answer the same? Um, <laughs> if we have MIB dollhouse technology, like can yeah. Those are very different things. Uh, uh, yeah, but like similar results, right? Like, <laughs> how does the neuralizer work? Are the memories still in there and they're just blocked off? <laughs> oh, I Could assume no. I assume it's a reload of recent, like random, like the temp memory. Like they can't get the memory back because like your you RAM is overwritten. It. Yeah, I don't know. They, I don't think it's they ever got flash. into it. I don't know. It's a flash that fries I didn't your see the circuits. One. Is it any good? I heard it was not good. Like oh. the production was pretty, like rewriting stuff while they were shooting. And, yeah. and it shows. <laughs> like the movie doesn't really make sense and it doesn't hold together. Oh boy. Like, come on, you're trying to relaunch a, relaunch a franchise and it's... Biffed it. It's just a big improvised, we changed half of it. Exactly. It's too bad. Uh, Anti-gravity stuff. I don't think so, man. No. Huh? I think there's too much money. And having that tech available. So, like, why would you sit on it? Why would you hide it? Because you want to wring the juice out of If you already, if you're already a substantial player in this space of transportation, et cetera, mm -hmm. in the old paradigm, yeah, wouldn't you sit on the new paradigm for as long as you felt like? Maybe. Because as soon as you do come out with it, then, like, you know, everybody else is going to have it within a year or two after yeah. figuring out how to backwards engineer it, right? It just implies that all those things are connected, you know, like which thing as a as a power structure. Like if you had this tech, wouldn't you want to hide it? And I was like, yeah, but like the military is different from like this sector of society or this sector. Sure. Like there are different comps. So it's like there's not like if but you were the of controller of the world. Yeah, they interact with each other. But like nobody has that much influence or power to be like we have it and we're going to sit on it. Because well, we have the power to decide. And I'm like, wouldn't somebody just like take it and then this sector over here, like the government took it or, you know what I mean? What? No. What? Like the <laughs> if the military has it, but the military yeah. isn't all powerful above the rest of society. What do you... So they can't decide. They're like, we have it, but we're going to sit on it. Well, they could do that part though. I was like, to be like, how would you do that? They just don't 
do it. You know, there's like a team of 10 people max who know about it and they just don't do anything. Yeah, but like the CIA knows about it, right? Because that's what they not do. Necessarily. How do they not know? So they're, man, so they're How'd you keep that a secret? the military, like the yeah. black ops military? Yeah, especially like R&D development <sighs> stuff in the military. That sounds hard to do. I mean. Like you don't have something in there? CIA doesn't know about that? Oh, man, maybe. Or the government doesn't know about that? Like, how do you how you insulate it? I don't think it's impossible to keep a kind of that sort of secret, especially with, like, disinfo campaigns and stuff, like Bob Lazar You can keep it a secret from the public. Yeah. But, like, the existence, like, we have anti-gravity tech, and, like, the government doesn't know about it. Like, how do you keep that secret? You couldn't. You keep well, it a secret from the general public we, because, like, the military says don't tell it and the government knows. And, like, they've all kind of collectively right. decided well, I don't think we're going to keep a lid on this. But you don't need everybody. You just need the people who figured it out. Like, you just need that, that tight Manhattan Project team who fucking figured it out or who discovered some fucking crash flying saucer and figured out how to backwards engineer it. Like, that's a team. Of, that doesn't need to be a, a big You could. Team. You could. I just don't think. Nah, it's it's, it's, just it's, it's too hard to keep secrets anymore, man. Pretty. All it takes is one guy leaking it. There's all the infrastructure to do that. Just tell the world about stuff, and then it's out there. You know, like Snowden couldn't have been Snowden like 30 years ago. It would have been harder, yeah. You know, it's like, how are you going to tell everybody stuff like this? It's like, I can't. I don't, am I going to get on TV? I'm going to crash a news network? Like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> well, he reached out through reporters, so he did it pretty normal. Sure. <laughs> just, just. Because <laughs> he wanted. He's destroying he wanted my other, point. <laughs> I'm just, he wanted other people involved. So, like, but yes, he could have just published it on YouTube or fucking live streamed it on fucking Twitter. Or live stream. They do video now, right? I don't know. Beer cat theirs? Beer cat? Mere cat? Mere like cat. Animal. I liked beer cat better. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's any anti-gravity tech yet. Because if there was, wouldn't Elon Musk yeah. be all up on that and use that? Well, he, had to, he, will have, he would have had to have figured it out. No, like he took it. Like somebody else cracked it in a lab somewhere and well, he's like, I could really where? use that. I want that. He like went to the military lab we're talking, like the metaphorical sure. military housing of it. Sure. <laughs> Why was he invited? He wasn't. The information oh. leaks. Oh. He hears about it. He tracks it down. He's like the richest guy in America, right? So uh, if he so. wanted to know about anti-gravity tech, because it's going to get him to Mars faster, like, he's like, oh, we can get past, you know, gas and the rockets. There's anti-gravity tech now. That would change everything know. for him, space travel and whatnot. We don't need gas and propulsion. Like, we can do anti-gravity stuff. Yeah, no, of course, it'd be useful to him, but... So, no, I don't think anybody no, has no, it. No, or if they did good. have it, wouldn't they give Secrets. it to him? He's the guy who's trying to go to Mars. No. no Why not? completely counter to the whole plan. If, the, if they've sat on it What's this long. What's the plan? It's, that it's a military weapon, and they don't want to reveal it until they absolutely have to. That's stupid. I mean, sure, it's a travesty, but, like, you could change civilization overnight, but. Yeah, go for it. But they're like, but the wars, though. <laughs> what about it? We already have planes. It's just planes that run more efficiently because they don't have gas anymore. They're using anti-gravity tech. Well, it's like weapons. Like, you, could, you could 
What, to make me float into space like Rick and Morty shit? I got hit with the anti-gravity no, and now I'm just slipping away? You don't need a plane away? anymore. You just need a directional little mini drone with anti-grav possibility and attach it to a bomb and boom. No, I don't think the military has anybody to... smarter than Elon Musk. Oh, wow. So what? somebody, them, like the, the military First cracked all, anti-gravity? Like the biggest brain in the world. but He's one of. He's one of, but like... You think he hadn't He's tried? He couldn't ass. figure it out, but the military has somebody who did. How'd that happen? Who's that person? Because they they can afford, they have the infrastructure and possible. Elon Musk is the richest dude in America. To, to go get people who are promising straight out of college and put them in a bunker somewhere. So could Musk. Yeah, but he hasn't been as far as I can tell. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like we doing. would have heard about him. I was doing to recruit people. Hey, man, you asked me. <laughs> And I'm saying it doesn't add up. Yeah. No. <laughs> if it was possible to crack it, Musk would have paid somebody or done it himself. Because he's got he the most seem... vested interest. But the military is talking about anti-grav in this interview recently. I didn't see it. Uh, when he was on Rogan? Yeah. I've only heard Today, like the first however long, 40 minutes. He was talking about rockets and the need for fuel. Did okay. they talk about anti-gravity? I don't I don't know. think I've ever heard him talk about like other non- uh, propellant based. I think Joe asked him, "Is there ever going to be a time?" Yeah, he was talking about Bob Lazar and the Tic Tac and the anti gravity okay. stuff. So yeah, they well, did. Cool. They did mention this. Yeah. All right. What do you say? <sighs> I don't. Uh... <laughs> I, don't like I feel like they just started talking about it when my lunch time was up. Spotify. <laughs> it's like three and a half hours. Not a two. No, they were talking about the Tic Tac. Uh, yeah. Elon doesn't, he's not convinced aliens exist. Interesting. He was pretty like, meh, if they existed, they're being pretty shy. And Rogan's like, well, I mean, what do you think about well, this or that this? or this? Because he's, he's talking to like you know, a UFO guy once a month. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then Musk is like, no, I didn't, uh, <clears throat> I didn't read that book or I didn't see that documentary. Mm. So it's kind of like, wow, I mean, maybe, you know, stop what you're doing. <laughs> Watch some UFO docs to see what you think. Foolish mortal. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Musk was, he was saying gas. Mm. It's we're pretty much stuck. Newton's third law and stuff. Mm. With the whole, you know, the, the force and the counterforce. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you put this amount of force on an object and like it has to go the other way too because that's how physics works. Yeah, so the, so the gas takes pushing. place in a 10-dimensional fiber bundle and yeah. like you can offshore <laughs> some of that like necessary causality yeah. into the possibility space yeah. and still reap the rewards of it appearing in your metric. And like you're still thinking about propulsion and, and weight and mass and force. What if you just uh, flip this switch and turn off the gravity? Booyah. <laughs> I don't know. They just started talking about it. I'll have to figure it out. So, yeah, man, give it a listen. I think I was like 30 minutes in. <laughs> so I can't help you, Chief. Uh, but no, I don't I don't think the military has it. I'm sure they wish they did or do. Because that'd be great. Be very helpful. <laughs> it would be helpful, yeah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. I bought a house, man. All right. Yeah, that's what's Can going on with me. About that? I'm glad you asked. This is what's going on with me. <laughs> I bought a house. It was my birthday a couple of days ago. I'm 34 now. 
a lot of things going on in I this don't know how world. Much you to get into, sure. <laughs> yeah, don't ever ask me a personal question oh, on this Jesus. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought a house. So why did you buy a house for your birthday? <sighs> what my birthday bought me a house. <laughs> waga waga. Now Gail and I waka waka. were looking into uh, the housing market right now, and I have no prior <laughs> experience. Mm-hmm. with buying a house obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> so they tell me it's quite weird right now I'm like uh, oh wait what weird in what way i don't know the pandemic stuff it's a it's a seller's market oh. houses are going for you know like 20 30 40 thousand dollars over asking price oh, and jesus stuff like that so it's a six hundred thousand dollar house but then they closed it you know six sixty five i'm like what that's mm-hmm. apparently that is very abnormal hmm. that kind of shit so I've been learning so about. Didn't want to wait, huh? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, we got we got Isn't quite that a the thing gem. Where it was like fifteen grand towards first time buyers or something. If Biden's going to sign something into. <sighs> hey man, shut up! Yeah, no. no, that's true. I think there's a tax. <laughs> it's like a write off. Oh, it's maybe a, it's a sweet tax write off right. for first time homeowners. Oh. If you buy a house right now to help out with the economy, you get. 15 grand Some or something. Of, yeah. But all the houses are going for 30, 40 grand over asking. <laughs> ah, so that's really, you're giving me five bucks off on something you're charging me 50 bucks more than normal for. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I've been learning about the housing market, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not done on that, but I'm also, we got the house and stuff. So like, I'm not going to keep looking into this. Right. I'm going to get back to writing comics, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go back to uh, not giving a shit about this thing that doesn't influence my life anymore. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my safe little space. Mm. <laughs> writing the funnies, you know. <laughs> Selling stuff in my shop here at 5390. 5390 Napa Street, San Diego, California, 92110. Doom Nation Comics. That's right. Open Wednesday to Sunday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come on down. Check out our website, doomnationcomics.com. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Why not? Can we just pre-record it and no. then you just hit a button? Come on. <laughs> a little, uh, little, oh, man, sound box thing. Yeah, with a voice changer and stuff. <laughs> I'm going to sound like Vader. Yeah, different versions. Slow it down. Speed it up. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, bought a house. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I've only been there once. And, uh, you know, we can't move in for another three weeks or so. Working out all the paperwork and right. doing all that fun house buying stuff. Is it definitely a done deal? Or are you prematurely saying, like, what if... Well, my understanding of it, escrow is... Uh, yeah. That's that's what it is. It's a it's a grace period where both of you can back out if you want to. Oh, okay. So, so like, it could it could fall it's, through. It could. The the owner could say, "Never mind, I'm staying." <laughs> Never mind. I'm I'm just gonna hang out here. Yeah. I haven't like read through the the offer and the contract stuff because you know the negotiations happen fast and you're like, well, "You got to sign the new offer." But the new offer real says quick. That I owe you my butt cheeks. I don't like, want to do that. Yeah. What does it say? What does it say about my butt? What's... <laughs> But, My butt. You know, yeah, like, is there is there penalties? I don't know. This is how much I don't know about uh, buying a house. Like, oof. is is there a fifteen grand penalty for breaking escrow? Is that an appropriate term? Oh, I don't know. Is that an appropriate term? Is that is this how people say it? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is we got that house. Mm. 
and I'm excited. And it happened right around my birthday, so I can say I got it for my birthday. <laughs> Things are looking up. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. From the house. <laughs> From the house. Fun fact, the house talks to you. It uh, writes messages in blood on the mirrors. No, what? No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. How charming. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got going on, man. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, that's big enough. I mean, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's big It's big stuff, so yeah. there you go. Beep, bop, boop, you know. I finished my uh, my epic vampire diaries journey. What? You're already done? Yeah, oh, shit. With all, I mean, I'm all caught up on legacies. It's still going. Oh, oh, I thought legacies Since, was over. Right. Nah, it's just started season three. Whoopsies. So, like, I'm all caught up, and I don't like this week to week shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, God damn it! Yeah, I'm all caught up, man. Cool. <sighs> I've seen the pilot for Vampire Diaries, and that's about it. <laughs> I've seen the pilot. <laughs> well, then I can't uh, talk about it in any meaningful way. That's correct. I, so, like I, I was got... saying about WandaVision. Oh, uh, um, boy. <laughs> waka waka. I'm just saying I watched like 14 seasons of this That's a lot. massive narrative. I got thoughts. I got things to say, but you haven't seen any of it, so <laughs> I'll say it somewhere else. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Why not? It's good. I recommend it. I like spin-off shows that are stylistically different from the thing they spun off from. I enjoy that. I'll what's, say that. What's the other one you would point to? Or it's stylistically in a way that I liked? Sure. <sighs> what show has that many spin-offs? Exactly. <laughs> it's rare. But I've seen spinoffs where you're like, oh, it's very different Locking in a in. way that you don't like. Where you're like, oh, this is not the thing I like from the other show. And I don't particularly like what you're <laughs> selling me right don't here. Like it. It's more like do something different. But then I also enjoy that too. And they've done it twice. You're like, that's impressive. Wow. I like that. Go for it. Hmm. Which I'm sure, you know, it would, it would bother people. If they like one show, you know, like I really like the originals and then you came out with legacies and I'm like, this is totally different. I don't like this. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's totally different. That's the point. It's a different show. It's like, yeah, well, like everything's different, man. Come on. Come on now. Like, yeah, it's a different show. <laughs> you, you <laughs> like, that's what I enjoy. this question, bro? What's the answer? <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Those are pretty uh, different. What? You know, they're not that different, but stylistically from what I've seen of Better Call Saul, it's less... I guess a little bit. Less of a pressure cooker. It's more of a character study. I suppose. It's a little slower. It's a little less. But I haven't seen the later years. Uh, Me neither. You know? Yet. But other spinoffs, it was like, it's, it's pretty similar. It's the same. Like a Sons of Anarchy and Mayans kind of thing. You're like, yeah, it's all the things you like about Sons, but we're doing it with different characters in a different setting. They're both in California, though, so like, it's not that different. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. But, you know, I was like, no, like, give me a stylistically... We're doing different stuff with mm -hmm. characters that might cross over, but like, 
It's like what you liked about this. Like, hey, we're not doing that anymore. We're doing this instead. Right. So you'd have people who were like, yeah, I don't like the originals. I like Vampire Diaries because I liked everything they were doing, this style. And then you did this. And I'm like, ah, I don't want that. <clears throat> that kind of shit. But it's good. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Fair enough. I enjoyed it. I'm just saying I'm done. I'm moving on. I think I'm going to rewatch Vikings for the finale here. <laughs> so I can appreciate that. Fair enough, I guess. That's a great show. Ending soon, yeah. Yeah. And uh, right. what else? West, right. Westworld Season 3. I haven't seen that yet. God damn it, dude. But you I'm going to watch that. We can, we can talk about that. And then we'll spend a whole fucking episode talking about it. Okay. I'm sure everybody will love that. Uh, fucking yeah, why not? Yeah, give the people what they want. Westworld's the best world. <laughs> oh, man, I started watching Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Started doing that. Reminds cool. me of uh, Venture Bros a little bit. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. That that manic. It's got that vibe a little. Yeah. It's got a cool, yeah. It's what, it's the tone that the Birds of Prey movie wishes it had, and it didn't. I don't know that they actively. Was Birds of Prey R it, or PG-13? Uh, Did they have to downplay it to PG-13? I don't remember. If it was R, it's a pretty soft R, because I don't yeah. remember them leaning into the R. It's like we were going to do PG-13, but then we said fuck too many times. We said <laughs> it like three times, so now it's an R movie, but like it doesn't feel like an R movie. I feel like it was PG-13. I don't know. And yeah, I don't remember what, if anything, was the direct, uh, like the rating directive while they were shooting. I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah. I wish that movie was better. It, it was kind of all over the place. Right. I feel like, what, how much of the show have you seen? Um, <clears throat> The first, like, five or six oh, episodes. Oh, kind of a lot. Yeah, they're like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty quick. <laughs> the, um... I feel like the movie would have benefited. Like, this is a, a version of Harley that I would definitely love to watch. Like, mm -hmm. I think the show's pretty dope. And that would have been a cooler vibe than what the movie gave us. I just feel like the movie was pulled in too many different directions. And you're yeah. like, you got to decide what this is yeah. and then go for it. Instead, it's like you're, you're, you're playing to three different whatevers ideas of what it's supposed to be or it is R. it is R. The live action yeah it should have leaned harder than like uh yeah why is it R? that's weird i don't know it's like it's technically R, but not too R. like you know the bottom rung R. I don't remember them cursing too much or the violence being all that like <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah <sighs> yeah it's yeah. pretty dope and they said they were going to do more, no? I thought there was another season. I think so. With the HBO Max move, and yeah. I think they're just doing more. They should. More. It's great. <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Nobody was talking to you, homie. You robot. <laughs> you robot. You robot. Yeah. I don't know, Birds of Prey. I mean, I liked I liked the effort, but uh didn't really pan out very well in the end. And like, no Leto Joker. He's not in this for like five minutes. Yeah. It would have benefited if he shows up for like five minutes. I think so. Just right towards the end there. Like, it would have made it feel better. 
<laughs> I don't, I don't want to say like more real because like obviously it's real. It yeah. would have felt less stitched together. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Whatever, whatever. He's back for the for the Snyder Cut. Oh, so yeah. Maybe it can reignite some interest. We can keep this going, whatever that Batman movie is for HBO Max, or if it's a show, or it's a whatever the hell they decide they're doing. (laughs) I'm in. Yeah. You see that shit, man? Everybody on the internet trying to tell you what he looks like? I don't know. I've been trying to stay away. I haven't seen him. But like, yeah, it's it's trying to attack my brain, man. Everybody's trying to spoil. (laughs) Like, hey, new shots of the footage. I get it's coming out next month. I don't want to see it. Yep. Let me be surprised what his new look is. Get out of here. Yeah, I don't really. Don't ruin it. Just let me watch the movie. Yeah. But it's coming up, man. Hell yeah, March, motherfucker. Yeah, March 18th, everybody. You want that real Justice League? Watch that movie, HBO Max. Oh, yeah. They're not paying me to say this. <laughs> <laughs> Or are they? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. All right, man. You want to wrap this up? Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Doom Nation Comics, 5390 Napa Street. Come on down. Wednesday to Sunday, 11 to 7. Sneep your bodies on down to this physical location. Or check us out on the internet. DoomNationComics.com. Or check us out on Instagram, and then you can read those comics we were talking about. Yeah, we should talk about that more. Not right now, but that. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Read Drexen Gates. Read Top Hat. Read all the things that are coming into the future and beyond. See you next time. All right, giddy up. Mm-hmm.